Do you want to be inspired by other brilliant business owners? Find out how and why they set their brilliant businesses up. Discover some of the triumphs and struggles they face along the way. If so, then you are in the right place. Welcome to the Brilliant Businesses Podcast. We interview business owners to find out their story and journey as to how they set their businesses up. We believe that story is an important way of making their businesses shine, and we share those stories on this podcast. Keep building those brilliant businesses. So hey everybody, welcome to a Brilliant Businesses podcast. My name is Nick Bryant and um, I'm here today in the Locke Associates offices with Pam Locke. Hi Pam. Hi there. Good to see you again. Um, so this is a series of podcasts actually um, and uh, we're on the second one and today we're going to be talking about the, the, the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case and um, there's a lot of information coming out about that with private um, information so we're going to relate that to the, the world of, of, of business. Um, and Pam's going to tell us a bit about that. So tell us a bit about that, Pam. Sure. It might sound a bit odd, but yeah. bear with me because there's a connection here. Because obviously, if you've been watching um, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, mm-hmm. um, you'll have heard the evidence that, that we've heard so far from Johnny Depp. Um, and and you'll have seen or been aware of the text messages that have been exchanged. And obviously, some of them are quite shocking in the content. Yeah. And um the other thing is is really the extent to which we're hearing all this private information. Mm. Now, obviously, they're in a relationship, but at work, we're also in a relationship. Yeah. And, you know, your employer obviously wants to make sure that you don't do anything that's going to potentially damage that relationship. Mm. So, you know, one of the things that we've also noticed is the increase in the number of clients that want to monitor um, emails um, and, and access information. Mm. So, I mean, you know, obviously Johnny Depp and Amber Heard are in a courtroom. Yeah. And they're under an obligation to disclose documents. And and then that's how it sort of links into business. Because um, like, you know, Johnny Depp and, and Amber Heard, you might end up in a dispute with one of your employees or with someone else. And so often you might forget actually what you put in writing some time ago may come back to bite you, yes. which is certainly probably the case with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Yes. Um, so it's it's important to remember that you know whatever you put in writing is there; it's on the record. But also, um, aside from it ending up in a court or a tribunal process. There's also law around this. So you've got the Data Protection Act, which enables um, individuals to make data subject access requests. Right. And if you get one of those as an employer, you've got a month to respond to them. Um, if it's complex, and it has to be really complex, you might be able to extend it by two months. Okay. But it means that you're then under an obligation um, to make a search through all your documents um, but also release any WhatsApp messages or text messages where it contains personal information. Yeah. And that's got to be released to the person that made the request. Now, obviously, this is where you need to get expert advice, mm-hmm. you know, from somebody like us um, at Lock Associates, just to make sure, A, that you're not, you're doing it correctly, and B, there might be certain correspondence you don't need to release because yeah. there are certain exemptions. So it's, it's important not to put that in the bin or to ignore it, which we have had some clients have contacted us after they've done that and then realised they were in trouble. Yeah. So don't do that. No. But also, you know, make sure that you get advice. Um, so there's that aspect that we need to keep in mind. Um, you mentioned about the data detox, really, yeah. <laughs> to look at it that way, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think it's re- important to remember that you can you only need to release what's in your possession. Mm. And so, you know, it's also got to be something that you can search and find. Mm. Um 
but it's important, therefore, just to make sure that you only keep relevant information. So, you know, for example, you shouldn't be keeping um, CVs for people that you've interviewed months and months ago yeah. unless you've got their permission to keep it. Yeah. So you can get rid of information. Now, you know, I've seen clients get caught out here where they've had a CV, they've put some comments on it, didn't bother to sort of delete it when they didn't, you know, decide to recruit the person. Mm. And then the person comes back and says, oh, here's a subject access request. I'd like to see my personal information. And of course... And they've got every right to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. of course, the person that you've then got it in your possession, you've retained it. When actually, why did you do that? Because it wasn't really something that you should be retaining anyway. Mm. So it's important to do these data detoxes, yeah. get rid of stuff that's no longer relevant because you shouldn't really be retaining it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you mentioned the screening checks as well as part of it. Um, yeah, I mean, we definitely noticed an increase in clients that are, are doing more screening checks. And mm. that's because they want to be careful about who they're recruiting. And there's been another story in the news recently involving the Met Police um, mm. because they've been looking at, and again, it links into messages as well. They want to make sure that they don't recruit people that could turn out to be rapists. Sure, yeah. um, and so what they're now looking at is how can we screen Mm. Um, those individuals. Now, quite a lot of employers do screening checks at the beginning of employment because they want to make sure that the person um, has got nothing in the background that's going to cause a problem. Now, some of that is compulsory. Yeah. You know, you've got to do DBS checks if yeah. you're you know, involved in um, roles that might relate to children or vulnerable people. Um, so there might be requirements by law that you've got to do the screening checks, but quite a few employers are now extending that. So we're doing quite a lot of screening for clients that there's not a particular reason to do it. They just want to check the person's background. Mm. Um, and so what the Met Police have done is they're going to step further because they're now talking about screening all the way through the relationship, which a lot of employers don't do. There's only about 11% of employers who do initial screening checks yeah. who actually do refreshers effectively and keep mm. on checking up. Because obviously... You might be with an employer for a while. Things might happen. Absolutely. You know, while Things you're employed. Yeah. Yeah. But nobody's really keeping on, on top of that. So it's something employers need to look at. Mm. The Met Police, as I say, are going to step even further. And they're mm. now talking about introducing what they refer to as advanced technology um, to basically spot any inappropriate language yeah. or a lot, you know, words that should cause alarm bells to ring. So in effect, doing a constant screening of what their employees or their, their police officers are doing. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing is they haven't so far said it's just on their equipment. Yeah. There seems to be a suggestion from what Dame Cressida Dick said in February that they would do spot random checks. Is that going to be on private phones? So this could change the dynamics. Mm. I mean, I, you know, I'm not sure if you know, other employers would want to go as far yeah. as that. But, you know, it just shows you the sort of the benefits or the use that can come from uh, technology nowadays that some um, employers are taking advantage so of. So is it like the Met are going to be setting a standard for that now so that other employers are going to follow the route with that? Because if they're doing it, they think they, sh you know, an employer should be doing it as well. Well, it may well, I, I think and that the was... the fine line of, you know, yeah. crossing people's personal with staff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I think there will, there will be some... Um, organizations that perhaps supply services to the Met, where the Met might say, well, we actually want you to do this because we're doing this. And then we think this is the way that, you know, we, we can, you know, make sure that we're not yeah. getting people that are working with us that are not appropriate. Mm. So they might do that. Um, other employers might say, well, you know, we think, we think it's appropriate because they are doing it. You might well get that. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. There's, there's a fine line. And one of the issues around the difference between the police and um, other private organisations is it's likely the Human Rights Act could apply directly, whereas okay. with private companies, it's different. So there'd be an issue here around an invasion of privacy. Is there an issue th there? Um, so I think there's a number of things that are going to get teased out. But yeah. as a normal employer that's not the police... 
I, I think, you know, you have to also think about, do you want to go that step and, mm. and start, you know, overstepping the mark and maybe, you know, looking into people's private lives to that extent. If it doesn't really impact on their ability to do an office job, why do you need to know, mm. you know, things that they're doing in their private life? Because the police are talking about, you know, if you are somebody who has affairs, then, you know, there's a big question mark over your integrity. Yeah. And there's, you know, again, a question there about, well, why did you have an affair? Mm. You know, that because there could be explanations as to why you had an affair that mean that it's not a question around your yeah. integrity. Yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of issues there to be teased out, I think. Is it, is, is, can an employer um, just do that anyway? Or they've got to set that out in the contract when they, when they employ someone, that they're allowed to check their private stuff? Or are they allowed to do that anyway? Um. I would say no. Okay. I don't think you should be monitoring to no, that extent. No. But you should have a clause in your contract which says we will, you know, basically any emails that you send are business emails yeah. and we will be monitoring the emails. And effectively by you signing the contract, you're giving consent to them accessing other emails that contain private okay. information. Yeah. Um, and then there was the the whether they're going to be checking their personal thing, their personal devices as well as their workforce devices as well. Um, but that goes back to what you were just saying, isn't it? Just, I think the challenge yeah. here is it's that so many people use their phones Both. for multi-purposes, mm. you know. And a lot of employers, like we do, we will say, well, actually, this is your work phone, that's for work, and that's your personal phone. And yeah. actually, I think it helps people manage their lives better. Mm. I mean, I know you've got two phones, and there's a bigger risk you might lose one. Yeah. But you know, I think it then divides it up, and I think there's there should be a division between your private life and your home life, yeah. your work life. But there are some jobs where it may be necessary. Mm. You know, because there's it's high security, mm. they they may feel that they they need an agreement. That actually, we're allowed to access randomly check your private phone messages. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we were talking earlier about them also doing drug and alcohol testing um, for, 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 for um, you know access checks for those sort of things as well. Yeah, I mean, again, yeah. we've noticed an increase in this. We've got yeah. employers that are saying to us, "Can you do some drug and alcohol testing?" Now, again, you've got to be careful yeah. because you need to make sure that you've got. You know, employees have, have agreed that they, you can test them. Yeah. Um, so it's not just a case of suddenly one morning waking up saying we're going to do this. Okay. But we can certainly help you sort that out. It's not difficult to sort out. Mm. But I, I also think it might be something that, again, private companies want to be thinking about doing to help their staff as well. Because we've seen recent research that... Um, Supports a concern that we had, not because it's going on in our business, but we, we've become aware of a sort of a growing trend mm. that employees were drinking at home yeah. um, while they were uh, furloughed or, or rather working from home. It might even be while they were furloughed. Yeah. Um, and actually what they've established is nine out of 10 people who were working from home in 2021 were drinking while they were working at home. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it wasn't just a couple of glasses. It was often a bottle of wine during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm not saying we didn't used to drink before, uh, you know, and but you used to come back to work. Mm. Whereas I think it's easy when you're at work, if you had a couple of glasses of wine at home, you might just continue to drink. Mm. So the question is, have you got staff that have come back to work that might have a problem mm. that you might need to support them with to try and help them? Yeah. And I mean, at the moment, it's still incredibly difficult to recruit good staff. So if you've got somebody that's got a problem with their, their alcohol intake, then, you know, it makes a lot of sense to try and help them, you know, get better, yeah. get over that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I just wonder whether there are, you know, problems out there that actually a lot of employers maybe never thought existed and could explain a lot when somebody's coming to work. Yeah. Yeah. They might. Or indeed if they're still at home and they're sounding a little bit more sort of slurry yeah. in the afternoon, 
Is it because they've been drinking, you know, um, yeah. over the course of lunchtime? Yeah, uh, so many people are working from home right now, aren't they? So it's it's well, it's 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 not inevitable. Of course, it isn't. But a lot when you're at home and you're comfortable, you know, you you may reach for reach for this and reach for that. But obviously, you can advise businesses on how to approach that and talk to their staff about that and um, and help them with it. Really, that's what it's about. Really, the support, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've got I mean, we've got HR consultants mm. that work as part of the group, and I mean, they're often. You know, get involved, trying to ascertain initially what the, the, the issue could be. Yeah. But I think it's just raising awareness because I think a lot of companies, you know, a lot of employers might not be thinking that their staff are drinking at home, you know, mm. because it's easy to put something into a mug that yeah. may appear to be coffee, but it's not. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's difficult to then spot it when you're not actually face to face with the individual either. Yeah. So I think there's that. The other thing that I think we're noticing an increase in is also people that are taking drugs and driving. Right. And the police have reported recently quite a significant increase in uh, convictions for people that are drug driving. Right. And they've now obviously got the equipment that they can do that and they can, you know, they can stop you and test you. Mm. And again, that's something else is worth looking at is what are your current policies on drugs and alcohol at work? Have you got a policy? Do staff know what the expectations are? Because especially if you've got a job where somebody's driving, yeah, you know, because usually it's the morning after, mm. the night before as usual, yes. that somebody gets stopped. But you know, there's. I think there's a lot of things that we probably need to revisit now, mm. but also maybe take a different view given the impact of COVID. Yeah, there are things that you just. I'm sure a lot of employers hadn't even thought of. Um, so it's really good that you've pointed them out. It's a really interesting topic, isn't it? Actually, the whole, the whole lot of it um, with with data access, GDPR. You know what you can and what you can't do. Who can um, who, who can access your data and who can't? But um, really important in the business world. Uh, so uh, we, I'm sure there's a little more we can cover, but is there anything else we can cover on that, Pam? Or are we, are we, we've, we've got that across, haven't we? Yeah. Um, so thank you for, uh, for coming on the podcast again today. Another great podcast. Um, a lot of information there. If you need any um, help from Pam, all her details are on the Brilliant Businesses website. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe. And we'll see you for another podcast soon. Thank you very much. Keep building those brilliant businesses. 